Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh, and this is episode number 153. This week on the show, I've got an awesome conversation with the guys in Deep Al Brendel, um, Diego and Alistair. Huge shout out for them taking the time to have this conversation with me and to go over a lot of stuff. I mean, we talk about kind of them meeting and the formation of this project and the uh, intentionality to create a project that is mostly instrumental um, and creating these soundscapes and what's went into the evolution of their sound and kind of where they're at mentally in the industry as far as building their audience and their vision for what this project is going to be. Um, it's again, just an incredible conversation, huge shout out to the guys for taking the time to have it with me. And, you know, I really think this is someone that you guys should have on the radar, even if this is kind of a background office music for you, you know, you have to play something that, um, your coworkers won't get mad about, or, you know, customers or something, maybe if they overhear it, they can't get mad. This is this is a project for you, uh, for sure. It's someone that you can just chill, listen to this, and get lost in a soundscape. So let's dive into this conversation that I had with Diego and Alistair. This is my conversation with Deep Al Brindle. Um, so to kick things off, I do start with the same boring-ass question every time because I don't have a better opener. It's a simple introduction. Who are you? Why are we having this talk? <laughs> Um, we're Deep Al Brindle. We're a band from Lancaster, and we say LA just for people who don't know California very well. And we're a mainly instrumental band with some additions to vocals here and there, but uh, mostly an instrumental band. Yeah, um, awesome. I'm Diego, and this is I'm Alistair. Awesome. So, for those that aren't familiar with you guys, let's talk a little bit about the formation. You guys are relatively new in this iteration of the project but you guys have been making music for a long fucking time um how did this kind of transform from previous projects into now we want to go into this realm and kind of you know work in this project um honestly it happened really organically we we've been making music for a long time for other people, for ourselves. Alistair was in a few different bands. I was in a few different bands. Um, I had also jumped into kind of the producer role for other people. I'm, we're both sound engineers, live and studio. Nice. So we've just kind of been doing our own thing for a while. And we met and we based it off of Alistair Younger's kid's age, Ziggy, which is how old is Ziggy? He is seven now. Seven. So we we met exactly seven years ago because Alistair tells the story better than I do. But yeah, so my my wife was pregnant at the time, and um, as Diego said, like we were we're audio engineers, and I was booked for a festival, um, in town festival, and my wife went into labor, so I had to switch gears and find maybe a last minute replacement. Um, mutual friend of ours, he connected us. He, he's the one that was like, you know, D, 
Diego would be perfect fit for to help you get out of this uh, this gig pretty much. Yeah. So I met him, and uh, the next day he ran the gig, and um, I met him on a Friday. The gig was on Saturday, and Ziggy was born Sunday. So yeah, that's, that's a. That's kind of, yeah, that's I was going to say that's like one of the a the fastest turnarounds, you know, that you could expect on something like that. Um, you know, I've been doing this podcast for a little over three years ish now and been doing music journalism for like 20. And I've got to say, like, that's one of the more interesting stories on like how you met up everybody else. <laughs> it's like, oh, you know, Craigslist or, you know, we yeah. mutual friends did a, a band together and we just kind of happened to be there. Um, that's obviously a, a much different story, but I, talk a little bit about, you know, that meeting and then going into like almost having to, to be, you know, completely hands-off obviously for that, that event, what drew you back into like, okay, let's explore like where this can go. For sure. Yeah. So, um, I'm, I'm super grateful for our friend connecting us. Uh, it was kind of like, I hope this works out. Too. It was like, yeah. a, it was a big deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and in, in, in this industry, it's like, who cares what's going on with your life? If, if you're not going to, you know, show up and do your job, you're kind of, you're X'd out. Yeah. So it was, it was, you know, the, the, the labor part of it was really slow. So I was able to show up Saturday morning with all my gear unloaded everything kind of helped get everything going but then you know at the at, at the end of of setting everything up I kind of just let him and a couple of other friends that that were able to do the gig hands off um but yeah so like that's kind of where we first met um and then I'd say you know time goes by um there was uh, another opportunity where Diego hit me up um doing something similar it was a it was a, a gig where we got to work actually multiple days together. And that's kind of where I feel like our friendship really connected and, you know, just be able to tolerate each other and kind right. of be on the same, uh, yeah, same vibe. Yeah. I think that that gig helped us because that, that was so different from creating music. It, it was more like, this is the task at hand. These are the many inputs we need. And I think we both realized there's a compatibility of working together. Yeah. Um, either I take the lead, you take the lead. And I think from there, you know, we still didn't have an agenda to make music. I had kind of taken a break from music. Um, I, I had just been kind of working a production job, just kind of doing my thing. And it didn't, it didn't happen. On, uh, it took some time for us to finally make music. And even then it was not out of a place of like, hey, let's get together and see if we can do something. It was, I had been dealing with a lot of stress at work and I needed sort of an outlet. Mm -hmm. And Alistair has a really cool rehearsal room that's in the middle of kind of nowhere. So you can make some real noise. Like it's a full on rehearsal room with right. subwoofers and in-ears and the whole deal. So we started getting together just to jam really. And from there, I think we we got to know each other more taste wise and the way he likes to make music, the way I like to make music. And slowly we were like, hey, let's let's make these songs. Again, we both come from a production background, so 
our first idea was like if we make these songs it'd be cool to pair them visually with like projection mapping and projections and just make it more interesting as opposed yeah. to just like a song that releases and you know it's it's just a thing so from there i think we gained a lot of momentum just from people that are around us and that people that we trust that were like hey this is this is kind of cool like you guys are without trying you're trying right and it just felt really natural yeah um talk a little bit about you know you you mentioned that you're both from a production background where did kind of your love for music begin for each of you you know like production i think a lot of times is the forgotten art right like it's the unsung hero of any music project so you know growing up was it something that you know you just started diving into was there just more of the science behind it you know what i mean i think for me it's it was the middle ground i became a musician first i i started playing music in my teenage years like maybe right after middle school into high school and just kind of exploring my tastes and figuring out what bands I liked, what sounds I liked and all that. So I became a musician first, self-taught. And then into my like adulthood years, the question of like, what what's going to become of you? Are you going to go to school? You know, all that shit. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I had no desire to go to school. I sucked at school. I just didn't have a desire for it. So kind of the thing that I had already been thrown in was like live sound and slowly started, you know, getting gigs like that. And eventually, you know, I'm a sound engineer. Um, and honestly, it, it came more out of necessity and having to figure shit out and make money. And I got pretty good at it, you know, audio, video, um, recording, all that stuff. I, I, I think I, I learned fast and I got pretty decent and all that stuff. So I kind of, I was able to build a career off of that. But music had always been a thing that I still did professionally or as a hobby. So that's that's kind of my my background with why production matters to me. Yeah. And making other people's dreams happen too. Yeah, for sure. What about you, Alistair? Yeah, for me, um, in my teenage years, same thing, like middle school into high school. Um, I was really into skateboarding at that time. So if I wasn't skateboarding, I was playing music with my friends or learning music with my friends pretty much. Um, like it's the cool thing to do was like, oh, let's make a band. Didn't know what that really meant, but uh, thought it was cool and, and uh, it was a good hangout. And so, you know, um, we would just be attracted to like, hey, we really like this band Incubus. Let's let's learn some of their songs. And a lot of like self-taught um, yeah. playing drums was learning how to play other people's songs and kind of grabbing tasteful things that I like. Um, and then, yeah, so in high school, we, I, me and a friend, we were just trying to build a band. And in when my senior year, we finally completed the band with the, with the lead vocalist and recorded uh, two EPs. Um, we actually like we did a show with um, I forget the band, but they encouraged us to actually go follow the warp tour and sell CDs and lines and, and further out the music. And so 
we actually spent like almost six weeks doing that, making a U-turn around the entire United States and yeah. selling CDs for gas money. And so that was that was definitely an experience. Um, but when we returned, it was kind of like, all right, we all need to grow up. Our our guitar player ended up becoming a CHP, and uh, I immediately like scrambled and try to do something. So I went to Musicians Institute in Hollywood and mm-hmm. kind of try to further the career in, in percussion or just learning all genres of music and trying to learn how to become a working musician. And it wasn't until a friend of mine, he had the PA gear. I had the band trailer. We kind of collaborated and he kind of taught me just how to do pro audio. Yeah. And so that's kind of where my start with with the production background. Like, hey, we have we have gear together. Let's um, let's try to get these gigs. And then at that time, we were kind of making music. And it's like, well, maybe there's going to be a show at one point where we can actually be an opener, but also be able to provide production. So yeah, regardless, we're getting paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for so, sure. And you know, it sounds cheesy, but having followed the warp tour like making that realization that realistically even if we open for a band we're probably going to make more money in the production field for at least these types of shows right yeah <laughs> for sure <laughs> yeah it's 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 uh you know it's the unsung hero but we all get paid <laughs> so right but the, the reason i say it's the unsung hero you know like back when we were all growing up and buying CDs, like you could go read the liner notes and see who, who produced an album and things like that. Like, I don't feel like kids nowadays do that research or dive in that deep on albums. They go stream it on, you know, Spotify or Apple or whatever. And that's just kind of, well, who produced it? Well, who cares? Like, it sounds good. And I'm like, right. But, but there's somebody behind it that made it sound good. It wasn't just your, your favorite band. Like, there's yeah. so many people that have a, a major factor in that. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, it says a lot about you guys too, for being able to take those skills that you, you have as production artists and then transition it into the music making as well. So now there's that crossover of like, we, we kind of know what it's going to take to clean this up. So let's just do that on the front end instead of working with shitty stems and everything else. Yeah. For sure. It's def- It's definitely helped us even from a budget standpoint where for the most part, when we signed to the label we're on, that was kind of their big thing. Like you guys are self-contained. You guys don't need a ton of money. Like it, it's not that, you know, we don't want to give you a ton of money, but it's like right. you don't need it. So it was like, yeah, I guess I guess that's true. Like we we're self-contained as far as recording. We we make our all our videos. We produce all our videos with the help of friends and stuff. But right. ultimately, the weight is on us to to make it happen. So it's it's definitely it's cool. I'm grateful that we both come from a production background because we've been able to do things on the on the cheap um, yeah. that look like a lot of money. It looks like a lot of money, but you know we've we've just pulled the weight. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, not so tooth and nails who you're, you're currently with. So not to say that they're going to like necessarily do this, but it also gives them a, a card in the pocket too to just say like, Hey, we've got this other band. They, they need some production work done. Like 
now we can kind of shop that in-house and, you know, maybe a double payday for you guys uh, in that sense that, hey, now we're going to yeah. do some in-house production. For sure. And we've, we've done some of that. We, we released a song a few weeks ago called Out of Love mm-hmm. with another band from Florida. They're on the label, too. They're called Kids. Yep. And we collaborated, you know, like they 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 made the some of the artwork for it. They're also very talented and and they're they're all in the industry as far as their photographers, DPs, mm-hmm. editors, all of that. So it was like this tag team of like, oh, yeah, you guys do this. We'll do that. Send send us your recordings. And it was a very easy process. Yeah. What. So before we get too deep into all the singles, what drove you guys to do primarily electronic and instrumental music versus, you know, the quote unquote, more robust sound of a full, uh, full band, you know, live guitar type thing. Yeah. Um, I've always been into electronic music in some shape or form, not, not like full EDM stuff, but bands that have a lot of electronic elements. Yeah. And I honestly don't know why we decided to go the instrumental route. Do you remember, Alistair? It was just kind of, we were making cool sounds and it was easier to put songs together right? than, yeah, to, no. than to write songs. No, uh, I remember when we first started jamming, it was just, Diego's really good with um, just kind of building us building like a beat or building uh, a melody on the, on the computer and be able to switch on and off. And so I remember just having like these really long unrecorded musical conversations that, that lasted until however long we wanted to. And, and I've always been a fan of like electronic music, deep house, hence the name deep (laughs) Al. And uh, I just, I remember wanting to kind of make music like that, but, fact that you know i just play drums um i play a little bit of guitar and stuff like that but it was cool to connect with diego and find out that we have similar taste in music um some of the bands that that we both enjoy like taiko washed out all that stuff yeah it was it was cool to be a part of of something like that and it's easier with two people than four people Right. five people you know yeah i think that that was also a deciding factor of if we became a band um i think it'd be cool we both have been in bands we we know what it is to like work with a lot of people and how hard that can be and i think us doing music this way felt easier if, if it was just two of us like we have a friend mario who plays bass with us live at every show he, but he's not part of the band just because right. it's it's just easier that way you know it's it's one less schedule to worry about or you know it no this tomorrow he's we love mario but it's like let's just contain it this way yeah well and it, it helps you know i i think it's kind of a double-edged sword i guess but like it helps like you're saying with the creative process too because now i just have to be on on the same page as alistair and you know we can hash that out between the two of us versus like you said, four or five people trying to voice their opinions and hopefully you don't run into it, but getting egos in the way too of, well, you know, I think my part should be bigger and we should do this. Like, right. We don't need all that. And I think, you know, the cool thing with, with you guys is um, 
like the the music that I've heard so far, I've gotten to listen to pretty much everything uh, on my drive today. Um, but you know, even a lot of people hear like, oh, it's electronic or it's it's instrumental. Like they kind of like write it off, right? But you guys are able to create these soundscapes that are still drawing on emotion and still invoking emotion out of people, um, even without words, you know, like you guys said, you've got the song with uh, kids. And so there are vocals in that and, and whatnot, but even your pure instrumental stuff is like, there's still feeling there and you can still get lost in that song. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the cool thing. Like in an age where it's gotten a lot easier to make music and, you know, people make a lot of instrumental music to make for, you know, for an example, Soundstripe or the music bed, something like that. Like we fall in that category, but I think one of the things that I always try to uh, voice in the music that we make is that we're not making mu uh, music for money. You know, we're, we're making music that we like, that moves us. And I hope that translates in the music that it is instrumental music but it is based on feeling and situations you know songs are written based off situations and and what what feelings come from those situations so i i hope the music does translate yeah for sure alistair you look like you wanted to say something oh no oh okay <laughs> i just <laughs> yeah no you're I'll, good I'll... yeah uh, so let's let's talk a little bit about the EP. You guys just dropped the EP late night, early morning. Um, that dropped on January the thirteenth. Um, so it's been out for a couple weeks now. Numbers look pretty good. You know, if you want to go strictly by the numbers and and things like that, which is such you know, it's the easy way to to put a measuring stick up to somebody. But it's also like the cheapest cop out way to do a measuring. You know, like. I, I tell people all the time, like, I would much rather have a core base that listens and engages with everything than obviously we want millions of dollars and millions of streams, but you get where I'm going. Like, yeah. cool, you, you played my song a, a hundred times or whatever, but you've never come to a show. You've never engaged with us. Like, what are yeah. you guys seeing from, from the community of fans that you're starting to gain? I think we're starting to experience that like yeah we we don't have a huge following on spotify like on instagram if, if someone were to you know see if they can take it seriously that our numbers are still not you know amazing and and worth like taking a shot on but i think we're starting to see that we have a lot of local support and people that are actually engaging with the things that we're doing just like you said like they're they're actually listening like we did a release show the day after the album released and that sh that show was awesome like it was close to s selling out um we had some some heroes of mine come to the show and and play a a new a new project hopefully and um kids the band we collaborated mm -hmm. they were there too but i think we both realized like oh shit like there is our hometown showed up and there is a lot of love for us here. Um, and, and it's cool. Like they're, they've been following us since the beginning and, and I hope we can keep growing and I hope we can find communities like that around the world where, you know, fans that can be fans forever. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
one of the things that I thought was interesting when I was, you know, getting you guys pitched to me um, was, you know, again, we just kind of touched on still pretty new, relatively small fan base, things like that. But you guys got to have um, a remix done by Roy Mitchell uh, from Mute Math. And like, talk a little bit about that, because Mute Math is one of those bands that flew under a lot of radars but when they were on a radar man they were they were it so what was that like working with with roy and kind of getting to see some of some of his creativity leak in so roy uh actually we started working on late night early morning a year ago so the album released a, uh, a few weeks ago but it was also a year ago that we started working on it and and i I started uh, kind of a relationship with Roy just through Instagram and we kind of loosely discussed on working on music together. He had heard about us somehow either through uh, Instagram or Spotify. So he knew of us. And when I hit him up, it was just kind of like, yeah, I've heard about you guys. You guys are cool. And I was like, would you like to come out and work with us? And he was like, yeah. So he helped us. We had demos that we had been toying with. So he came and we worked in this room and he stayed here for like half a week. And we worked on a few songs, not all the songs, but the stronger songs he helped us kind of build, you know, and, and shape. And it, and it wasn't from a place of like, you know, he shows up, I'm the producer. This is the way I know right. how to do things. It was a very collaborative uh, experience and, Roy is an awesome guy. He's, he's he's kind of become a mentor for me, and he's he's a great friend of mine now, of of ours too. So, um, getting to hear you know the stories of Mute Math, you know, I I grew up listening to Mute Math. Like I could say they probably are top band for me of all time, and I know everything about Mute Math. And, you know, having having him at my house meant a lot. Right. And um, and just hearing, like I said, the stories of the road and how Mute Matt did certain things. And um, so it, it was a really cool experience. Uh, so he helped us kind of shape some of the sound and some of the details of late night, early morning. And um, we he you know, he left that that first week we we did a lot of work. And it took us a few months to kind of shape things, get things sounding better. And I would I would send things to him and, you know, he would respond with ideas or or just thoughts on what how the music was shaping. And towards the end of the summer, I I, I flew out to Nashville to see some people and hang with Roy. And while I was there, I was like, hey, we, we're close to ending. You know, we're, we're getting close to mix process. Um, let's just hear if you have any ideas or thoughts on kind of just final words. And, yeah. and we added a few things. It wasn't a ton, but some cool things that, you know, I now can unhear on, on certain things. And, you know, Roy's a fantastic, he's one of the best bass players and the best rhythm sections that has existed in my opinion. So getting to witness, I remember we were sitting here and, we had been trying to work out a baseline. We had all tried it. I tried it. I think Alistair tried it. Our friend Mario was here and he tried it. 
and it still was like nah it can't I don't know it's still not there and and Roy had just kind of been hands off you know he is the bass player in the room right right and he was like <laughs> hey, let me let me try let me try it so he picks up the bass and just immediately like one pass and it was like that and that's it and I think I realized like the magic and the experience someone like Roy carries to be able to you know land a a take in one shot um so it, it was it honestly has been a pleasure and, and a great honor to work with Roy and and we we've started a relationship with Darren King now too um they they both flew out to do um, this release show that that we um, we did a few weeks ago, and they're they kind of debuted a, a new project they're they're working on, which is cool. Yeah, that's dope. That is dope. Um, what does you know? The album is out. The EP is out. You guys are starting to, to play shows, like you were saying a minute ago. You know, you're you're seeing the hometown react and um, come out and support. What does the the next couple months kind of, you know, if you were to vision board it, if you will, what, what does that look like for you? What's the desire? Um, is it to, you know, kind of stay at the home base and figure some stuff out? Is it to start like really feeling out where, you know, maybe we can travel, um, and do some of this touring? I would love for, you know, places to take a chance on us. Like, we both have families. I have two children. We both have really good jobs. So for us to just hop in a van and hope to make gas money to the right. next town or whatever, I think that dream or whatever you want to call it is kind of past. Where we're at now is like everything that we do, it just has to make sense for both of us, including right. our wives and family. And, you know, yeah, we have dreams. Like I'd love to do South by Southwest or any, any other place that would take a chance on either debuting our music. Um, yeah. Yeah. Same, same for me. It's, I think it's got to make sense just cause it, it would put a lot of things in question and, and jeopardize certain good things that we have going either financially or relationally. Um, so at, at the moment we don't have any like things lined up. Right. There's conversations and loose ideas that we've had with various people, but it's all up in the air. And I think we're okay with it. I think we're also mindful that sometimes the momentum can get lost by not doing certain things. Um, so, yeah, we hope we can figure something out uh, soon, hopefully. Yeah. But I, I think that goes back to your point earlier as well, though, that, you know, with it just being you two, there's a little less, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but there's a little less pressure to have to get out on the road. You know what I mean? Like we can talk to each other. We can figure out what's best for, for us too. You don't have to worry about like, yeah, but the guitarist said that, you know, if we don't do it, they're leaving or whatever. Like there's none of that bullshit going on. It's, you know, we're, we're comfortable. We want to make music. We want this to be a, a big deal and, and get there but we can be a little more calculated with what we're doing as we move forward. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we make the right moves and we don't miss a window of opportunity just because relating it back to the show we did recently, there was that, that night was just very magical. And 
awesome for I think for both of us. Um, it was one of the coolest things I've experienced in a long time, um, and I think it it put a lot of gas into our tank. Where I hope I hope we can do something with it. I don't know when or how, but hopefully the decisions we make, hopefully they're they're the right ones. Yeah, for sure. Um, you mentioned earlier that you guys do all the videos and stuff like that yourself as well. So now that you've got the the EP out, um, I always tell people that, you know, every fan always wants a video for every song, but they don't realize how much fucking work and money goes into building that shit. What's yeah. that like for you guys in that process? And then do you kind of have plans for a couple more videos or anything coming off of this EP? Yeah, I actually just finished one right before we hopped on this call. It's uh, just live videos from from that show we just had. Yeah, um, we recorded most of it. So um, one comes out this Monday uh, and that's out of love. So our our label mates are mm -hmm. on that as well. Um, and then we did one a few months ago, actually, before the EP release that is out now, and that includes two songs. It's like a one, one shot video, including two songs. Yeah. And then um, I just finished another one for it's also a live version. And we we've toyed with the idea of doing a music video for Out of Love, an actual music video, but we, we haven't decided on how and what that looks like um, there's some ideas up there but um, the band kids they're they're also fantastic videographers and mm -hmm. and great people so hopefully we can land on something soon um, but besides that nah, i don't know some sometimes inspiration hits and we decide to do something very last minute and it just kind of comes together yeah for sure and I, again you know not to keep beating that dead horse but you know with it just being the two of you, you can kind of pivot a little faster on that stuff that like, bro, I've got this idea. Like, let's go do this thing. Yeah. yeah. Have, like you said earlier about like not having to line up everybody's schedule. It's just, Hey, do you have an hour and a half to go do this thing? Right. Yeah. That is cool. Have you not to put you on the spot, but have you checked out any of our videos? I've not seen the videos yet. So, um, I, I knew that you had a couple out, but I haven't been able to sit down and watch them. Unfortunately, okay. the day job, uh, you know, kept me busy today, so <laughs> I didn't get to do any what of do you, that. But, what do you do? Uh, I do marketing for an educational distributor. So oh, nice. Um, yeah, it's it's a pretty cool gig, but, um, at, you know, in and out of meetings all the time, unfortunately. So, um, but no, getting to listen to the music and stuff, you know, again, I, I go back to the soundscapes that you create, like it's easy to see where like the visualizer type stuff. And you, you mentioned the projectors and things like that earlier. Like I really feel like obviously I was driving when I was listening, so I couldn't literally close my eyes and listen to it, but you know, you guys are creating this almost, almost like a synesthesia experience of like, if you just close your eyes and listen to the music, like visuals will come to you off of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a very, some of the way I make music is always with visuals in mind or, you know, it's based off of some imagery or something that, that I see, or, you know, it's, it's just easy to add 
visuals to it but yeah if you get a chance maybe check out some of the videos oh i definitely will yeah (laughs) they're all our our latest one is um it's called live from home that one isn't it doesn't have a ton of visuals but i think the way we did it was really cool just because i think it tells a story it's all one shot so it's it's cool the way it moves through throughout you know the spaces we use yeah for sure um, so as we, you know, kind of push forward in 2023, it sounds weird to already be talking about future plans since you just dropped the EP, but kind of what does that feel like for you from a writing and maybe collaboration standpoint, Do you guys have like that dream list of like, man, if we can get these, you know, three or four guest spots or things like that, that are on the vision board, if you will. What do you think, Al? I don't know. Um, we're we're grateful for any opportunity coming our way, as long as it makes sense. And and uh, yeah, just hope to keep creating music. Um, love to play more shows, um, create more content, all that stuff. Same for me. I think play shows you know, maybe some festivals at some point, like summer, summer festivals would be cool. Um, I think someone that can open up some doors for us, either that's management or maybe a booking agency. I think that'd be cool for us to head in that direction, just to, to land some more solid opportunities. Um, Yeah. And yeah, keep making content or, you know, just art in general, either that's i've got some ideas for some maybe future uh pieces of work Mm -hmm. but we'll see we'll see if we can make those happen soon yeah for sure what's the um the la quote unquote uh scene like for you guys with your genre you know like obviously everybody knows about the la rock scene but doing electronic music that's not true club music do you guys feel like you have a a home if you will like do you fit in a a scene within that but, uh, the fact that we live we live in the suburb we live in the last city of la county yeah about an hour from like central la um i don't do a ton of you know a ton down there it's just kind of like driving into the city sometimes is a pain um we've played a few shows in la but honestly it's so yeah, I guess this word gets used a lot, but it, it is so saturated with so many cool bands and so many right. cool things happening. Um, I don't think we've been able to find a niche yet to like, oh yeah, we fit in this scene. Um, and maybe some of it is just we haven't seeked it out as much or or been as involved. Maybe we can do a better job at being a part of certain scenes. But that takes effort and it takes time. And the fact that we're an hour out, you know, it's also money. Um, So, yeah, we we haven't been able to 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 do much in L.A. We I don't know how many shows have we played down there, like four, maybe since since we've started. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds right. Yeah. We we're still looking for our for our for our people. Yeah, and there there, yeah. there are there are venues that definitely support that kind of music, but just to even get in or start talking to someone um, can challenging. be a little challenging. 
yeah, yeah, we, yeah. I mean, we, we get, we get ignored more than we get, um, replied to it's, it's tough. Sometimes it can be kind of disheartening, but that's why I've mentioned, like, I think if we find some kind of management or some booking agency that, you know, I think would help with maybe putting us on, you know, good supporting yes. spots for somebody coming into town or whatever it is. I think we can have some visibility that way, but yeah, we, we haven't had much luck down there as we say but, down there. Cause it's, yeah, yeah no, that, and you know, you say it's an hour away, but that depends on, on the traffic on the one one right? Like it may or may not be an hour. Um, and you know, a little known fact about the LA scene for anyone that's not around there, like fan wise, like, I don't think, people realize how many pay to play venues there are as well. And it's like, yeah, I'd love to see you at, you know, chain reaction, not that chain reaction is always a a pay to play, but you know, like, yeah, cool. It's an iconic venue. I don't have the money to pay them so that I can play there so that you can potentially pay me by buying a ticket. Like there's so much of that type of shit that people don't realize what goes into. Yeah. Yeah. We've experienced it. And you know, the fact the hard thing for me as an artist is twisting someone's arm to do something that they don't already want to do. So like yeah. having to make someone buy a ticket to come see me play is this like cringy feel for me. Like I just die every time that I have to sell a ticket, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, just because I, I want to make sure that people are excited to come see and, you know, not, you know, I'm grateful for friends and family that come see us, but being at places like that, it is hard, you know, having to, to pay to play and having to sell tickets forcefully. And we've had we've had situations like that where it, it's hard to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm over in Indiana, but I've I've seen venues that do that as well. Like, hey, you guys are are slated, you know, for for this Saturday or whatever here's your minimum ticket requirement. You know, you have to sell a hundred tickets yourself. And it's like, you're, you're the fucking promoter. Why aren't you selling the tickets? Yeah. It's crazy. It's tough. We always end up making friends with the sound engineer though. (laughs) Right. Right. But you know, hopefully that opens doors too. You know, that's the flip side of that coin is, you know, the networking side of it. Right. Like I tell people all the time, like, as massive as the music industry it is, it's actually so much smaller because you never know the guy that you, you know, you guys with Roy from Mute Math now may be able to introduce you to whoever and that opens this door. And now, like you were just saying, a booking agent comes on board and it's like, oh shit, like that friendship has has yeah. evolved something. And we've, and we've experienced more of those doors opening like straight from building relationships and friendships with people that sometimes we never thought would be, you know, an opportunity to do something with, or it just has happened pretty organically for us. Like we, I think we've, we've realized like it's, it's more about building friendships and relationships with people first, as opposed to, you know, just seeking people out for opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. So kind of as we transition to the end here, um, for you guys, big picture, like what would a dream tour setup look like for you? What's that dream card 
Um, obviously you both have a little bit different backgrounds as far as inspirations and things, but if you were building that dream four or five band, uh, tour that you guys are going to be on, who's on there with you? You want to go first? Uh, I'd love to like have the opportunity to have an opening spot with, you know, just, there's so many bands. Um, it, it's, just, uh, it's either like an, have an opportunity to have like an opening spot, whether that's, you know, a wing of a tour or um, like Diego said, like summer festivals would be amazing. That'd be, that'd be huge for us. Is there a band that is there, this is, is like super, like could be anybody, yeah. right? Let, let's yeah. Shoot for the moon on this manifest yeah. destiny. <laughs> I guess the first band that comes to mind would be like Phoenix. That'd be um, solid. Yeah, that'd be solid. You mentioned yeah. Incubus earlier. Yeah, I mean, that'd be amazing. Incubus, Phoenix. 21 Pilots or 21. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think for me, it'd be, yeah, someone like Phoenix would be really cool. Uh, or, um, Shit, I don't know. Um, Coldplay would be like a really, you know, big yeah. up there. Or Tame Impala. Um, yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's dope. Um, doing the electronic music, the instrumental stuff, is there any desire and maybe this is more like on the day job side of it for you guys but is there any desire because like driving home all i kept thinking of is like man this is almost almost video game music and i don't mean that in the cheesy way but like the like it it feels like there's that story being told just through sound is there any desire to do like film score or you know video game scores things like that with this project as well or do you think that's like shifting out of the focus that you want um yes i think it is a at some point i think it'd be cool to shift in that direction it'd be cool if music that we don't make for film or for video game or or a show or something just kind of gets you know some notice just from right. it being a song um but for me personally i i'd, I'd like to at some point become, you know, shift into maybe scoring some film. Uh, I don't know if with this project, I've, I've thought about it to, to be more intentional with writing. Right. Something like that. But uh, no, to be honest with you, no, not, not, not a ton of interest as of now, unless it's to pay the bills. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you know, if, <laughs> yeah. if Warner brothers came to you with a, <laughs> three million dollar check to score a movie like fuck it we're doing it <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about you alistair what do you think about kind of that realm of of the music design yeah um i think when we first started talking about the idea of, of signing to tooth and nail that was uh that was in the you know be cool to land a placement of music that's already been recorded um but for like future stuff, I think we're just gonna, I think for us, like 
we're just gonna be intentional with just writing what we want to write and yeah and it's worked out like that so far and um i'm super proud of everything that we've put out so yeah yeah um, i'm open yeah. but we're just gonna keep writing shit that we like right and, and I, I didn't mean that wants as to pick it up yeah exactly what i was getting ready to say i didn't mean that as like a detractor like you guys should change what you're fucking doing yeah obviously yeah. like the the goal for any band i mean think about yellow card way back in the day madden picks up way away and all of a sudden yeah they're the fucking biggest pop punk band that existed so yeah um you know same thing like for you guys if a tv show was like hey we want to we want to place this in an episode like fuck it let's do that yeah i think that's the hope for us i i always think of i don't know if you remember that show portlandia mm-hmm. um, for Ar- fred armison and uh washed out one of my favorite artists you know that's his track on the opening uh the what do you call it the opening track yeah. the intro to the show is like the main the, theme yeah yeah the theme song is a washed out song and that really just put washed out on on the map so if an opportunity like that came for us i'd be you know i'd be delighted but um no one's knocking on our door right now <laughs> not yet the irony if somebody would have knocked at your door right then would have been amazing though yeah. <laughs> um so yeah kind of the the standard outro obviously i'll link all the socials and everything but what's the best place for people to find you and interact and and kind of explore what what the project is i'd have to say either instagram um at the at deep al brindle or or youtube youtube you can see a lot of um the visual creativity of, of what we do yeah well yeah. facebook too trying to get better at it but it seems yeah. like a lot of um a lot of things are happening on instagram yeah yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, Instagram's the kind of the dominant platform right now. That and TikTok. I mean, yeah, Facebook is kind of the uh, the old timer in the room now. You know, when it when it looks at social media. Yes, for sure. Yeah, Instagram. I think at some point we'll have to jump the gun and and get on TikTok and decide what kind of platform we want on there. Um, but Instagram is the one where most you know always visible on yeah for sure and like i said we'll we'll be sure to to link all that in the description of the podcast and everything um i'm stoked for you guys i mean shane uh you know shot me everything and i just got to really dive in today and i'm already like okay like there's more here like you were saying with the music videos i just haven't had a chance to look at yet but that's on the list because i i want to see like it's whether it's intentional that you're creating like this almost world with the project or not, like that's what it feels like is that there's this cohesive story, most of it without words, but you can just feel that emotion. Like I was saying earlier, and it's a really cool project that I think you guys have kind of developed and started running with. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. I think that's, that's the hope that we kind of keep telling stories visually and, and sonically. Awesome. Well, that's everything I've got for you guys. Um, again, I really appreciate your time. Definitely going to keep you posted on everything. And I'm, I'm going to be following to make sure that I stay up on everything. Thanks, Josh. Awesome. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks appreciate for having us. You. Appreciate yeah. you having us.
Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys. All righty. Have a good See one. You. Later. You too. Later. And that was my conversation with Deep Al Brendel. Uh, huge shout out to the guys, Alistair and Diego, for taking the time to do that. Um, definitely put them on your radar. They're a really cool project that is really simple to get into and really easy to kind of just put on in the background and, and let it, you know, lose yourself in it and just kind of not take a ton of focus to be involved in their music. Um, and I mean that with the utmost respect that, you know, they, they're doing this thing that is really, really cool where being mostly instrumental music and not really having a ton of lyrical content and things like that, it's so easy to have as this soundtrack in the background as your day goes on and, and you'll be aware of the music, but you don't have to like fully intently listen to it. Um, now that all said, I highly recommend taking the time to deep dive into them and actually fully immerse yourself in the music because it is incredible. Uh, the number of layers that are really built into these songs and, um, just kind of the, the sonic vibe that you're going to get. So head over, uh, obviously we'll link all the socials as always. So be sure to give them a like, share, subscribe, follow, um, go check out their newest EP. Uh, that is late night, early morning. It dropped a little over a month ago now, um, or right at about a month ago now. And that is out via tooth and nail record. Uh, they've got five songs on this EP and they have label mates kids on one of the tracks. Obviously you guys just heard us talk about it. It's an incredible track. Highly recommend that that's the one that you start off with. Um, just to give yourself kind of an easy transition in and then just let it play. Uh, it's, it's definitely worth it. Again, huge shout out to the guys. Really appreciate them taking the time. Then on the podcast side, thank you guys for everything you do for me. Um, new merch is coming. I've said it 1,400 times, I know. Um, but I, I actually have somebody lined up now. We're working pretty closely together to get these designs finalized. Uh, and yeah, we're going to have some new stuff very, very, very soon. By the end of this month for sure. So that's it uh, for me. As always, anything you can do, like, share, subscribe, follow the podcast, um, hit us up on Instagram, things like that. Huge thank you to everyone that does support us, um, that, you know, is doing everything they can with the, the freebies and then any sort of merch support, things like that. So Really appreciate it, guys, and as always, remember, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and you make the scene.